everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Little Something Extra with me, Nancy Gianni, mm-hmm. and... The Gigi of Gigi's Playhouse. That's right, my daughter, the Gigi of Gigi's Playhouse. And today, we have Franco Gianni joining us. He is our producer, my son. Who's here, Franco? Featuring Franco. Franco. And since oh, we have... Oh, the Franco. Or oh, the you're Franco. Give me the Franco Ooh, now. How about that? What about Gigi. the Nancy? No. Oh. No. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> You're not deserving enough of a the at the beginning of your title. Sorry to tell you, Nance. I know that. A, a girl's going to try. All right, so what is a little something extra? Your little something extra is your superpower. And when we talk about superpower, we're talking about how you – we are not talking about having a cape or flying like you guys are showing me, but, but how you inspire and motivate others. That's the most important thing we can do in the world. How can we be better? Okay, a cape would be cool, you two. So maybe we need to separate these two. I feel like in church when you gotta like separate the kids, that's where I'm at with you two right now. It'd be nice to have a superpower and fly, but I mean, hey, th- this works too. This this, works this too. will work too. So you can inspire kindness. You could fly through the world and spread kindness and motivate others to be better every single day. And that's what this is all about. And that's what our guest today does every single day of his life. So I'm so excited to talk about him, but I'm not going to do it yet. I'm going to keep you guys hanging. Though I'm probably sure you know who it is. I am. I know who he is. You know who he is? I know you do. Shh. Don't say anything. Okay. So what I want to talk about now is our big Gen G moment. Generation G. Generation G is a conscious decision to be better every single day. Be generous, be kind, be accepting. And you know how you do that? Put a G on your hand, put a heart around it, post it on social media, but then that's not all. You have to be kind. It's so simple. You have to live it. You have to live it. Be generous, be kind, be accepting. It's really easy. It's not like you have to go out there and, and you know, donate a million dollars or carry somebody halfway across the world. You could just say thank you. Smile at somebody. Hold the door. Hold the door. Make somebody feel good. Give them a compliment. Whatever it takes, just be better every single day. So we want to celebrate some people that are being Generation G across this beautiful world of ours. So, Franco, I know you were scrolling through Instagram and you saw an awesome story about a dad. I did. Um, So, I mean, like you said, being Gen G, and I think the big thing about being Gen G is we have to promote these people that are going out and living with it. And I think that that's a really important aspect of spreading that message. So um, I want to really give a huge Gen G shout out to this dad, this incredible dad that lives in uh, in Italy named Luca Trapanesi. I, I, I hope I pronounced that right because I am Italian, so I hope I get that right. Um, but, but you're anyway, half Irish too, so you yeah. can blame it on that. Um, so Luca had always wanted to adopt a child, but being a single gay man in Italy, it kind of presented a problem for him. It didn't kind of present a problem. It did present a problem for him. He was told that he'd be only given a child with either an illness, a severe disability, or any t- or a child with a behavioral problem, which is terrible because just because he's a gay man in Italy, I don't think you should be told that you should only be given a child with special needs. But anyway, um, the, orf- the orphanage told him that uh, he had there was a one-month-old baby with Down syndrome named Alba who was uh, – mm-hmm ready to be up for adoption, who had been denied by 20 different families after her mother left her after she found out about her diagnosis at birth. So I mean, as sad as that is, this is a happy ending to this story. Luca, without hesitation, um, accepted the adoption. He was like, of course, I want to I have a daughter, and I, and I don't care about her diagnosis or any, or any type of ailment or anything like that. I just want to, to love someone. And, and I think the idea – he talk about being Generation G. I mean – he took in this daughter who who didn't have a home, and he 
created this incredible life for. And and now, and they've been together for two years now, but I stumbled upon them on Instagram because he is like super dad. I mean, when you go on his Instagram, the way that he just showed, yes, like super dad. That, that's his superpower. I mean, he is Genji. He is living it. And I think, and he's showing the world how to live it. So if you go to his Instagram, um, I think it's his Instagram handle is at Trapaluka. And if you go check him out on Instagram, it's all about just showing off how beautiful his daughter is and how beautiful the diagnosis is. And I, and I think it's something that should always be um, just appreciated and loved because the, the type of father that he is, the fact that they told him that you can, that he, you're limited to only a, this type of child. And the fact that he said, screw it, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to have a daughter and, I'm, and she's going to be incredible and, she's, and I'm going to love her like anyone else. And I think that's, that's awesome. my Gen G moment of the week. So I love check it. out Luca. He is super dad. And I think it's, it's definitely worth checking out. Yes, she is super dad. That is awesome. So <laughs> now moving on from one incredible father to another, we want to introduce an amazing man who has done so many incredible things for the world and, and not only through all of his movies, but through his Down syndrome advocacy. On today's podcast, our guest is someone that has inspired others through his career and now through advocating for awareness for Down syndrome and acceptance for all. We are so excited. Our guest has been in more than 60 movies, including the Oscar-winning Platoon, Wall Street, and Office Space. Many people know him as Dr. Perry Cox from Scrubs and Stan in Stan Against Evil. But in total, he's appeared on more than 25 television series. Welcome, brother, brother, John, John C. McGinley. Woo-woo. Welcome, John. John. Yeah. So, John, welcome mm. to A Little Something Extra. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So I don't want to... Thank you, Gigi, and thank you, Franco. Uh, of course. Of course. Just tell us a little bit about you, John. I am a father of Max. Max completed my life. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have any idea what love was, or patience, or or what a, a a completed life looked like. And that missing link was Max. And when he came along, uh, like you, uh, we had not had an amnio. We had uh, uh, just the picture, the sonogram, and a blood protein test, both of which said Max was perfectly healthy and a girl. Oh. And then he came out and uh, his 21st chromosome had tripled and he was a boy. And so we spent a, a lot of time in the neonatal intensive care unit with different uh, micro microscopic holes in Max's heart. And then when we got out of there, we chose not to have uh, an intervention and that did uh, heal. And then we had sleep apnea and then we had seizure disorders. And those were the, the huge bumps right out of the gate that we faced. Uh, the sleep apnea was just a little slice of hell because when the child stops breathing uh, or for the uninformed sleep apnea is when uh, someone stops breathing um, involuntarily in the middle of their, their sleep pattern. And if it goes too long, obviously um, other complications ensue. And so a machine is hooked up uh, with electrodes to the child's, uh, to the person's chest. And when the breathing stops, the machine recognizes it and lets out this huge scream. And then the caregivers are like cats on the ceiling because it's too, it's too jar the person who's not breathing and or the caregivers. So you can just come over and shake the person awake and then 
they'll draw a breath. And so the sleep apnea was uh, a real challenge. And then that was followed by the, uh, we had a seizure disorder and uh, they weren't grand mal seizures. They were just- um, Like the infantile spasms? They had the- They were infantile spasms. I'm sorry, it wasn't a seizure disorder. It was infantile spasms. And so we had to go and have a sleep study for that. And uh, then when, when Max cleared those hurdles, it was relative to those, it became kind of smooth sailing. We had an amazing Christmas holiday where an enormous amount of language came back uh, to Max. And so we've been extremely verbal lately. That's and awesome. so that's just a game changer around here. Uh, and so when, when spoken language, instead of gestures and indications, when spoken language occurs around here, it is, uh, it's manna from heaven. And so we're on that track right now. And we've tried to foster it for uh, two decades. And sometimes it yields dividends and sometimes it doesn't. But right now, Max is um, very verbal. And awesome. it's a real treat for everybody. Yeah. In fact, in fact, on 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 Christmas uh, Day, Max led in. stepped in front of the fireplace and led everybody through the twelve days of Christmas, which just blew everybody's brains. Everyone stopped what they were doing and jumped right into the twelve, which is a very repetitive and yeah. right. it's a hard it's a hard <laughs> song because there's a lot of lyrics, and it was it was thrilling. It was thrilling. That is awesome. And I think that maybe the idea of all that language coming back to him is everybody being together more and, and having more, having his sisters around. And I, I love when, when they start to peak and those things start to happen and you're like, oh, yeah, it is. It, there's nothing like it. Something that you've been working on for so long. I wanted to ask you about when you started Scrubs, and I don't know if this is true or not, because I mean, like, you're a legend in the Down syndrome world. So, like, it, when you were starting, um, did you apply? audition for Scrubs because of Max? Like I heard something that you wanted instead of be doing movies that you were wanting to do something more like a sitcom. Was that a true story? Well, I did. I turned down a bunch of movies that would have taken me usually pre-COVID uh, yeah. when you go to shoot a film, it's for three to four months. And I was not, I was not ready. This was 2001. And so I wasn't ready to be away from Max for three to four months. And so I started turning a lot of things down uh, which was hard because I was in the middle of a divorce to, with Max's mom. I really wanted to work in Los Angeles and and uh, take the visitation that I had. Uh, I wanted the, the crumbs I was getting at that point. I wanted them all uh, of visitation. And then Scrubs came along and I did, even, even though in the margin it said Dr. Cox and it said a John McGinley type, in the script, uh, I still had to audition five times, even though it was for a John McGinley type. Uh, I, the first audition, I went to see Billy Lawrence, who is the executive producer and one of my dear friends. Uh, and I said, I, this is for, uh, it says here, this is a John McGinley type. I'm like, I'm John McGinley. You don't get any more than this. But because of the way TV, there's so many chefs in the kitchen in TV that uh, I had to go in four or five times. Yeah. Well, I don't Very think anyone, they were right when they said it was a John McKinley type because that was. Oh, I mean, the role. Nobody was else can do it the way that you do. That's amazing. And I had a question about the show because I love Scrubs. I'm a big fan of uh, of everything you do to Dr. Cox. I thought you were 
phenomenal and just like your line delivery and everything like that. But um, the show went on for for nearly a decade. And I know um, it's long. I know it's like almost 200 episodes. How was that for you when it came to being able to like kind of split your time, uh, being able to like basically like go back and forth with Max and going back to working on Scrubs? Because I'm not, I'm sure it was a very high scale production type of show. Well, everybody, as Nancy can tell you, everybody has plans and we all devise plans and most of the time they don't work out. No, but Scrubs yeah. was one of those plans to be an employed actor in Los yeah. Angeles. And with that uh, geographic proximity to Maxi, uh, it was it was divine. Uh, awesome. It was something I drew up in my brain. Uh, and then it worked for, as you suggested, almost 10 years, which is a preposterous run. Right. For a sitcom, yeah. It was just get canceled. The, the answer to your question is, and I'll circle back to Nancy, is like, in the special needs community, we all, make so many plans and we devise all these regiments that we're going to adhere to. And, and there's that great John Lennon quote that, that life is what happens while you're busy making plans. That's right. Um, <laughs> That's very true. Gigi and, and Maxie and um, people do their thing and all your plans have to get in line behind mm -hmm. what, what their path, their path is. is. Yep. And that That's has right. to be okay because it's the way it is. It mm -hmm. is the way it is. And it's worth sure. every second. What, what, what about in Hollywood? What do you think about advocacy? You're such a huge advocate. What is there any examples that, that you could give of, of Hollywood moving forward at all in advocacy or a place for our kids? Or do you see it happening? I think just in the language, of course, my, my real advocacy, the way, the way I kind of functioned in an advocacy police function was with the R word. Yeah. And when I got to the Special Olympics and I, I went to uh, Boise, Idaho for the World Winter Games, Tim Schreiber invited me up there. And at that time, some self-advocates who I'd never met before, I didn't, because of our challenges with language, I didn't even know what a self-advocate was. And I met, there's a, every component at, of World Games is a youth leadership conference. And so 200 or so of the athletes, while they're not competing, um, congregate in an auditorium and they table different issues that are bothering them. And these are athletes from around the world. And one thing that came up for all English speaking athletes was the R word. And so some of the athletes uh, decided with uh, a couple of, a couple of the, uh, the folks, the support people there, um, Tim Schreiber Jr. and Soren Palumbo and all these amazing young people oh, yeah. at the uh, Special Olympics started to craft a campaign called Spread the Word to End the Word. Mm -hmm. And it, it became viral and uh, it, 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 it's baby steps. I mean, it people is, yeah. are still using the N-word for God's sake. I know. And well, it's but you know what, when they're using like, the N-word though, John, they're losing their jobs. They're being fired. They're being let go from TV. They're being let go from movies. They're not being let go for using the R-word. Well, that's what, that's why I've always kind of been so militant about it, that there is no consequence yeah, for using no the R-word. Yeah. So if you do, if you dis disparage someone in the, in the Jewish community or in the gay and lesbian yeah. community or in the Italian community or, uh, or, or, or in the African-American community, there is a consequence. Yeah. I call it the tax, T-A-X. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a tax to it. And there will be blowback. If the blowback could uh, present in the form of you losing your employment. Um, with some of my Italian friends, if you, if you were to disparage them, 
you might get struck. Uh, <laughs> there, there is a consequence yeah. for your oh, life. Definitely is. And since there is not with the with the uh, our, our community, uh, that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to advocate for those who couldn't advocate for themselves. Absolutely. And so that's where I've kind of been. Whether it's through blogs on the Huffington Post or. I've written different articles for uh, for textbooks in elementary schools, and believe me, it's baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. Because unfortunately, Franco's generation still uses that, and I'm not disparaging. No, you, no, Franco, no. I've, but yeah, I've something to in, touch on. In, in that younger generation, the R word is every other it's word. Yeah. And it definitely is. So it's 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 baby steps. Yeah. It's and, baby steps. And. Something that I've always thought, because I've always been a huge advocate since the day that Gigi was born, um, and I think it's interesting because, like you said, when you hear that word, you you kind of like stop for a second, you kind of pause. At least I do, and I feel like I kind of get like a warm sensation in me being like I'm kind of like sick to my stomach when I hear it. And and I think an interesting question is like when you're out in public and you hear someone say like say the N word or some type of racial slur, people aren't necessarily they're very quick to stop and be like you shouldn't use that word. Why do you think it is that, and I know I, even for me it happens, is like you feel like that, like that uncertainty or like that question within yourself, like should I say something or not? Like, and I want, and I, all, I usually do, but I think a lot of people that back the idea of like stop or spread the word and the word and stuff like that will be hesitant to speak up sometimes. And I, and I feel I'll like, say, I, of course, because nobody wants to be told how to speak, and yeah. you know, people are all Second Amendment, and I can say whatever I want, which is yeah. fine, but. That's not actually true. You can't scream fire in a in a in a, in a movie theater. Exactly. So that's not actually true. Uh, and and so my approach to that as Franco is, I always ask people if there's and it, ha it this has to be immediate. You can't yeah. it can't fester. Yeah. But I always ask people when they use the R word, I simply ask them if there's a better way to express what they just said. And their first question is, what what, what did I just say? It's like, well, the R word. I'm like, oh, I was just kidding. I'm like, okay, well, I, uh, my sister and my son were um, in the special needs community. That's that's tantamount to using the N, N word. It's really offensive. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing people will say is, oh my God, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. 99% of the time. Oh. And then two sentences later, they'll use it You'll again. Say it again. And yeah. That's what I mean. It's it's baby steps. But the approach there is, I'm not going to tell you how to talk since you can speak largely any way you want and yeah. so you need the 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 politically correct police on your shoulder uh, like you need another hole in your head but one constructive approach especially in business and in in social situations instead of telling people what to do is simply to ask is there a better way to say what you were just trying to express yeah i think that that polite the answer, the answer is, is usually Oh yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't mean anything. It's like, yeah. okay, well, is there a better way to say it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably the best way for people to. Broach then you that allow situation. a person, you allow someone an out instead of putting them in a corner. Yeah, yeah. Which most of us don't respond well to. No. And so then, then there's an out, and and maybe you can find some equilibrium. Maybe not, and the person's going to continue to do it. Yeah. But th th I found that's the 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 most productive non-intrusive way of doing it. I, I face that situation all the time. And, I, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to actually kind of work through that because like you said, John, it's very prevalent even in, in my, my age, my age group. And I mean, look, we've even been raised on the idea that like being told all the time, don't say it, don't say yeah. it. It's just, it doesn't end and, it, and it's frustrating. I think there's also there, the, that there, there's a population of people, that, of older people, that it was okay to say it back 
years ago, and they're the ones that are still using it. I was speaking in front of a, a, a school, and this little five-year-old is sitting in the front front <laughs> row, and I was saying, you know what? We were talking about Generation G. So Generation G is a conscious decision to be better every day. Be generous, be kind, be accepting. Okay. And that's, you, you are not to use the R word. And, and finally, he was like, well, someone said, and this is a school assembly, 500 kids, and he goes, what's the R word? What is the R word? And I go, all right, I'm gonna say the word once, and then I want it to go in your ear and out, and you never say it again. And I said, the word is, the word is retard. And he goes, oh, my dad calls me that all the time. That's a bad, what, what, and I was like, what? wait, this is a five-year-old who just stood up and said, my dad calls me that all the time. Yes. So there, you know, it's all different generations of people that are, that are using it. And now more than ever, I would love to see people stand up for not just what's popular, but for what is right. Absolutely. And what is right I mean, is to protect a population of people that would never hurt you, purposely never. hurt you, that are so selfless. They would forgive you in a minute for doing it. They, you know, they would forgive you in a minute for doing it. And, and that's, that is the, the message that we have to get out there and that we're working so hard to get out there. So, and, and again, so happy to talk to you about this. I know Franco was really interested. He, he knew all the work you did on that campaign, and he wanted to talk to you about that one. And I think that that's... It's, it's huge for our generation, for his generation. We're going to get there, John. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep Baby fighting. Steps. Baby Baby steps. steps. What has been, is, Max obviously has been the biggest change in your life. I know for me, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Gigi. But is, do you think that Max has been the greatest influence on your life? Or what do you think is, has been, the, or who has been the greatest influence on your life? I think Max and the awareness of a population of people that I didn't, you know, in, in just keeping your head down and grinding either as an athlete or as an actor, uh, that, that the special needs community was not something that impacted me, nor nor would have I, I have had the time or, or energy to all of a sudden focus on, on a group that had not impacted me. And Max introducing me to the Down syndrome community uh, and being affiliated with people like the Global Down Syndrome Foundation and some of the doctors that I've gotten to meet in Denver who are working night and day on Alzheimer's and its connection with, with our, our population, uh, that, that whole component, um, the totality of, of Max and what's the whole package that Max has introduced me to uh, would, would have to be the, the most uh, influential yeah, component that I've that I've come across. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I said, God knew that I had a big mouth, a lot of energy. And if, I was, ah. and if, and if it wasn't this, I'd be probably getting myself in a lot of trouble. Right? That was, I, I'm Just like, to channel your energy now into channeling yeah. my energy into something amazing, into a population of people that I will love and protect. I mean, when, when Gigi was born, like I said, we had no idea. And, and the amazing path that we have gone on now, we started, obviously, Gigi's Playhouse. We now have 60 locations and startups across the country. We, I think we have one. I don't know where Malibu, I'm so bad about California. Malibu's Is it near Los Angeles. Where, okay, so we've got one Orange County, and then there's another one that I, just started Mexico. Out, right uh, somewhere outside of L.A. that's just getting started. So yeah. it's, it's so crazy, but these, you know, I get to meet some of the most, like you said, the most amazing people that I would have never been able to meet in my life and to serve a population of people. You know, Down syndrome is the largest chromosomal disability in our country and the least funded. And they need us. They need a voice. They need to have a place in this world. And I'm just so grateful that you use your platform for good. Because like I said, when I went looking, when I went searching for like the cool factor of Down syndrome, 
thank God I found you because I was like going down a deep hole. I'm like, wait, there's got to be, wait, show me something. There's got to be something in here. So it was amazing to have you. You were like my lifeline back then. And um, knowing that you were just out there and fighting for something that, that was now new in my life. And I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. So I know Jeej has a couple questions for you. And I know you guys want to get out swimming and get to the beach. So you can, I know. You can she's ask your like question. She's a little curious questions. about she's been Max. Here, like, yeah. she, I know she's been like just she's very excited. waiting the whole time. <laughs> Go ahead, Gigi. It's all yours. How old is your son? What's ninety-seven? What's nine? If you're ninety-seven, what? How old is that? Oh, he was be, I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm twenty. I'm twenty-four. So he yeah, would, so he's twenty-four. Yeah. Twenty-four. What? Or, or he will be in August. Will be, yeah. What are his hobbies? Maxie is a very skilled guitar player um and so mu music would be number one awesome. he loves to get on the the swings and then down to the trampoline um, he's very comfortable with his dog and and going down to the beach and going for long walks uh and th th those are his hobbies he loves there's pinball machines over my uh shoulder oh, which yeah. we originally originally i got pinball for two reasons, uh, because there's some that aren't disgusting, uh, have a lot of language, like there's a Ripley's Believe yeah. It or Not right mm -hmm. there, That's and cool. it talks to you a lot. And yeah. so that was the first reason I got it. And the other, and it's not the case anymore, but the other reason was for fine motor skills. So I'd keep a, a bucket of quarters next to the pinball machine, and you'd have to put in 75 cents. So you'd have to pick up a quarter, and with fine motor skills, you'd have to put three quarters into the machine. And again, Nancy uh, and, and Franco and Gigi, it was a plan and it worked because yeah. Max's uh, fine motor skills were uh, very fine tuned, making that happen. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Whatever it so, takes. Absolutely. Yeah. Gigi was so always motivated by food for hobbies too. <laughs> Remember when you used to, when we were working on that fine motor stuff for her, she loved potato chips and, and and then she liked dip, but she would dip so hard, you know, she had to really learn to not break the chip. You have to do great. it this way. So it was great fine motor. Worked perfect. Yeah. <laughs> what right. else you got, Cheech? My brother thinks you're awesome. Oh yes, Franco thinks yes. you're yes, Franco thinks think you're, you're awesome. awesome. Yes. I'm a big fan of a lot of the stuff that you do. Especially the advocacy work. Yes. That it's it's really inspiring. Is it fun being famous? Um, it's fun being able to pay the bills uh, doing something that you love to do, having had every job I can imagine from uh, being a runner on the New York Stock Exchange to digging tung tungsten, which is a, an element in steel for the Kemmer Coal Company. I've been a waiter. I've owned restaurants. Um, I've, I've done all that stuff in support of being a storyteller. And I, I prefer to simply get paid as a storyteller to to all the other things that I had done. So if if fame helps to uh, pay the bills around here, then it's great. Otherwise, I don't care. What are you most proud of? Being a, a provider for uh, for this family. Oh. Nicole asked me that she, Nicole is in a women's group and she came home the other night and they were wrestling in the women's uh, kind of talk group, uh, or not the other night, this was pre-COVID, uh, about what, determining, divining what, what their function was in their families. And she was, I, she asked me, and for some reason it was immediately available to me, is that I, I provide around here. 
and whether that's uh, financially or hopefully emotionally and spiritually, uh, I'm, I'm most proud of uh, providing for my family. Wow, that is a fantastic answer. Yeah, I think that's what everyone, that's what everyone should try to that verb, to that of. verb, that verb is one of my favorite verbs, and it, it's at the same time very surgical and meticulous, and it's also a larger tent, and oh, so it, sure. it, it functions in kind of a micro and a macro way. And I think as just as a career for you, and just as who you are, you're a provider for more than just your family. You're a provider for people for when it comes to you working in, in the entertainment industry and, and being in so many of these amazing, incredible movies and playing so many great roles, but on top of it also being an advocate. And I think even for us, just providing us this, this inspiration that there's other people out there that are and pushing hope. this message of hope and, <laughs> and, and, and improvement within this, uh, in the, of this world, really. And I think uh, that, that's really awesome. That's nice of you to say. What is your favorite story about Max? Well, uh, that's an easy one. Uh, one. One in the middle of March, uh, almost 15 years ago, Max and I were here and I was a single father and we had two chocolate labs, Haley and Hudson. And it was a rainy, dark Malibu Saturday afternoon and I had to get Max out of the house. And so the rain abated for a long, a long enough window for us to go down to the beach and, and run the dogs a little bit and just get some air. And so when we were down there, Hudson and Haley, for some reason, there was a Jack Russell Terrier down, I don't know, a quarter mile down the beach. And they went down to get in it with the Jack Russell to play. And so I put Max well above the, the medium tide line, way up against the cliff. And it was a low tide. And uh, I went down to get the dogs because I knew he didn't want to come with me. So on the way back, uh, I, I finally corralled Hudson and Haley and I brought them back. And I get back and Max is sitting on this woman's lap. And she was huddled in a poncho because it was a cold, cold Southern California day. And I, we had been working so hard. An important backstory is we'd been working really hard on um, keeping an appropriate social distance, which is arm's length. And a lot of people in the Down syndrome community seem to, to compromise peace, people's personal space, which yeah. let's call it 42 inches or arm's length. That's what that phrase comes from. A lot of people aren't comfortable when all of a sudden um, you're talking here. And we, we were working on that so hard. And I saw Max right in this woman's face. And my first thought was like, I said to this woman who I could barely see, I said, are, are you okay with this? I'm, I'm so sorry. And she uh, looked from behind Max and she said, I, I, you have no idea how much I need this. And I was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And I was like, well, uh, I'm his father. And that was, that's Nicole. And uh, I would oh subsequently God. marry Nicole oh and my gosh. have two kids. No so way. Max introduced, Max introduced, I would never have said hi to someone as beautiful as Nicole. And so Max introduced me to Nicole. Wow. And uh, Max is the reason for uh, Billy Grace and Kate. That's incredible. He knew, right he there. Didn't know. He did He picked. broached that that forty two inches because he, wow. he he knew exactly who was perfect for you. Wow. Wow, John. That's a pretty that unbelievable is story. An awesome story. That is, and it's so our kids too. Good question, Cheech. To pave the perfect path for us. If you had only one message to the world, what will it be? I I guess the easiest one is uh, 
treat the population of people with Down syndrome the way you'd, you'd like to be treated. It's that simple. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, you don't want to be disparaged with, with uh, exclusionary language. And if, if, you, if you don't want to be looked at like somebody did something wrong who's never done anything wrong, um, that's the way I'd like you to treat our community. It's that simple. Just treat our community the way you want to be treated. It's that simple. Absolutely. It really is. Just be it's kind. Such an easy, such an easy guideline to adhere to. Yeah, it's the golden rule. From the time I was little, that was my mom's golden rule to all of us: treat others the way you would like to be treated. And it's. I know, but for some reason that it doesn't. For some reason, it doesn't correlate into the special needs community. It does it, not. People go out the window. And you know what really bothers me, I think, the most is that that it, we're not even now. Social media is almost making it. You know, people think it's better. Gigi and her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Oh boy. Her boyfriend also has Down syndrome. They were at Starbucks and they were sitting there and there were some of the kids from school were there and, and they were next to them. Hi, Mrs. Gianni. You know, all nice to me when they see me. And one of the kids, I see him go like this and kind of take his phone and snap a picture of the two of them and starts writing a caption to send out on Snapchat to me. And I'm, I, I walked right behind the kid to, and without not knowing what to do because Gigi and Sam were sitting right there and not wanting to make a scene. You know, they, they were having a date. But knowing I just stood there behind him with every, oh, like, gosh. hoping that uh, the anger was bouncing off my body onto him to know, because he was kind of like, he kind of just put his phone down and knowing. But that is the worst kind of coward. And that's the, that's the cowardice that, my, you know, that, that the kids are, are seeing this day, is, is what happens behind the scenes in, in a Snapchat that disappears, but after it went out to 20 people. And, you know, just, and what happens on social media. Or, you know, and these are the kids that do this, are the kids that are volunteering at Special Olympics. These are the kids that, hi, Mrs. Gianni, how are you, that people think are doing great things that are doing this behind the scenes. So there's, unfortunately, a lot of work to get done, but we are not done doing it, right? right. I'll tell, tell you one, uh, 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 the converse of that is my, my very dear friend, John Cusack, who's uh, been kind of the fourth McGinley brother for 30 years. Huh. Um, he was so impacted by Max and by uh, the advocacy that, uh, that I was expressing uh, and, and how much I abhor the R word, uh, that when he was producing a, a pretty funny comedy, Hot Tub Time Machine, uh, a bunch of actors were kind of uh, improving uh, between action and cut, and they were using the R word. And John took them aside and he, and he said, I don't want to be the language police with you guys, but just know that the takes you're doing with the R word in them, even if they're comedy gold, they're not going to be in the film. So you can you can continue to do that on your takes and uh, and it'd be it'd be a shame to lose some of your great takes because in the middle of it we won't be able to cut around the R word so we'll just get rid of the whole take and John dispatched that not as the word police and not as uh, that you have to walk on pins and needles on this set but right. just as a fact yeah that wow. that word is not going to be in this film so. If you tell actors that, since they want their best takes to be in the film, they won't say it. Yeah. And so there was a consequence for perpetuating that stigma. And the consequence was your some of your best work, if it includes that language, will not be in the film. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Just let no you know. Yeah. You're not going to be taken to the woodshed. You're not going to get, it just won't be in the movie. Yeah. Which I thought was such a passive genius way awesome of, way of doing it yeah great it's great and johnny johnny has been a great advocate 
I didn't and, know and he was like, that is awesome. Well, that's good to know and something we definitely want to share. Yeah, definitely. Oh, look, we have a visitor. Yay! Is it Max? Here, come here. Show show everybody what you have. Oh, <laughs> nice. Mickey Mouse. That oh, is a life-size Mickey Mouse right there. How you doing, Max? Oh, cool. <laughs> Did Mickey get a and shave, there's, too? And there's, Kate. there's Kate. That's Kate. Hey, Kate. Kate. How you doing, girl? That's that's Gigi and that's Franco and that's Nancy. Cool. Nice to and meet nice you. Meet you Gigi was born with Down syndrome, and her language is amazing. She's been asking me questions the last twenty minutes, and she is uh, incredible. And yeah. her mom and Franco have and built this uh, this podcast and this this Zoom um, to help and promote people. Uh, it's called a little something extra. And that, of course, is the 21st chromosome, which is triples in a person with Down syndrome. And Max, don't start that pinball machine yet. <laughs> That'd be loud. So we, I've been doing this this podcast with with Gigi and Franco and, and her brother. And, and what I yeah. think is really cool is like Gigi's like she loves her brother. And I do. So defined by her siblings, and so blessed to have amazing siblings. And I hear Max has some amazing sisters. So that is an incredible <laughs> gift. And you know what? What you give to Max, he is going to grow so much from. And the way you act around Max is going to show other people how they should act around everybody. So I just want to say thank you for being an awesome sibling, girl. And I'm sure Max, on top of that, too, will make you an unbelievable person in general. Because I know for a fact that Gigi has made me the best possible person that I could possibly be. So I'm sure. Can you tell Gigi uh, four or five things that are uh, special about Max? Um, he's just such an incredible person. He's always willing to share and yep. be kind. He's one of the most generous, kind, loving people I know. And whenever he's here, whenever he comes to this house, he's he always, first thing I do is I give him a big hug. Uh -huh. And it's, it just makes me feel so good to be around him. It's just, he's got this smile that it just lights up your whole entire day. Plus he's a rascal. <laughs> dad dad left me to do Max's lunch with him because I need to ask Max chicken broccoli please. And so the second dad left, Max took a towel or this kind of this kind of cloth and he covered his his plate with the with the towel and he went to his room. He was like I'm done, you know that's it. Hey, you can you can go do whatever you want. Um, dad, dad, you know you're gone, so I'm free. Yeah, yeah I can I can sneak off now. That's so right. yeah, because yeah. people get this people you know all the time. I, I hear this gross generalization, which mm -hmm. is a lovely gross generalization, but how how lubby dubby and and squishy mushy yeah. our population is. And all I can tell you is that Max is one of the most stubborn people on the planet. Oh yeah, very and, stubborn. Uh, and that and preaching to the choir here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gigi's a, quite the manipulator. Oh, yeah. She makes us laugh every day. She's, yeah. yeah. I get it, girl. And I rope, too. And you what? And I rope, too. 
and she oh, likes and she to wear also her robe likes to wear too. Her robe also. Yeah, Same she likes. Color. I love my robe. I got, I got it for Christmas. It's my absolute favorite robe ever. <laughs> I know it's Gigi's favorite outfit. That's like, for sure. When yes. we get home, so like her way around, having to do her workout, she's got to get her ten thousand steps every day. I mean that that that's just life. All right. On. Yeah. So she's got to get her ten thousand steps. And so not. once those ten thousand steps hit, she'll like whatever she's wearing comes off and the robe comes on because like you can't make me do more because yes, like, the, the ten thousand is done, is done yeah. and I. I'm done. Like, I'm sure, when the interview. The second I get home from school, on goes the robe. <laughs> I love it. So Jeet's got something in common. Yeah, when Jeet was doing the, the remote school, I'm like, oh, you boy. can't do remote school in a robe. Take off the robe. No. Like, I get it. She loves her robe, too, which is yeah, awesome. That's, that's what I was doing before we kind of, my, my school was doing this, uh, these Zooms, and all I wore was my robe. Yeah. So I would be comfortably doing school. Yeah. You know, right. I don't see why not. You know? <laughs> I don't see. <laughs> There's no reason not to, right? Hey, do you think Kate will stay on and do tips? Oh, did okay. I just say it? Did I? No, that's fine. Do you think Kate will stay on? So, Kate, every segment we do a little thing, and Gigi gives us some lifestyle tips. And it's something that we really love, and we would love for you to stay on and hear that with us. What do you think? Will you help us out? That sounds great. Can I just get a chair? Yeah, sure. get a chair. Come on. <laughs> Come join us. <laughs> How about that? Hey. You got a little audience now. <laughs> so every episode, Gigi shares some tips with our audience. Do you say tips? I did say tips. Tips! And every time we say the word tips, Gigi likes that to sing it. That is what so, we hear. So we're not yeah. going to say the word again, because if we say it, she'll sing she'll it. Sing it. She was, yeah, and go ahead, Gigi. <laughs> These are my tips about acting, and I, I know if you know, but but I'm also a performer. I perfume, I perfume, Perform. perf performed in a play called Pump Boys and Dinettes. I was a to was named Betty Lou, and I and, and, and right now I'm working on top secret dance number. You are working a on a top, top secret, secret dance, dance number. Yes, she is working on a top secret dance number. But you can't say anything about it. That's why uh -oh. it's top secret, so no one can know till we release it. So when she was that waitress named Betty Lou right. on Pump Boys and Dinettes, she worked for. And that's where this came from. And now we cannot say the word ever in our house. <laughs> wherever we are, Without she will that. sing that. If we're in the store checking out and someone says the word, it's going to happen. If we're so. at a restaurant, we have to leave a big tip. Stop. No. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay, so let's you go. You read your tips? Sorry. Here we go. Well, here are my tips to be a good actor. Practice a lot. Come prepared. Dress for parts, and always be generation G. Be generous, be kind. Be, be, be generous, be something, and be kind. And take feedback, and don't be a diva. You've been so many movies and TV shows. Do you have any other tips? Do you have any other tips over there, brother? Well, uh, I'm a huge, as Kate will tell you, um, I'm a huge uh, one of one of the T-I-P-S's <laughs> Gigi just said was come prepared. And uh, preparation for me is what acting is about. And the amount of preparation one does directly correlates with 
what's going to happen when somebody finally calls action. Mm. Um, so that I always, always use the analogy to a, a guy who plays uh, in the NBA. By the time he steps to the free throw line, he's probably taken, uh, or some, a woman who plays in the WNBA, that person has probably taken 100,000 free throws before they take their first free throw in the NBA. And not that actors have the time um, to do something 100,000 times, but I have a whole process that I put myself through and actors that I teach through, and it's all about preparation. And the other TIP that <laughs> Gigi uh, said that really resonates for me is kindness. And especially as we're, as we're in this pandemic and we are in these enclosed spaces for protracted periods of time, mm -hmm. kindness has to present more than ever. And I, I've, I encourage people and myself to lean into kindness. And what does that mean? It, it just means that as, if, if your path can be sprinkled with and if your journey can be integrated into kindness, whenever there's a, a, an opportunity to default into something, that default should be to kindness. And I don't care what kindness looks like to anybody because I think it's part of the human condition. Mm -hmm. So when we default to kindness, I think we have a shot at getting through uh, our day or our hour or whatever our challenge is for sure with grace and 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 we can kindness leads to grace and grace leads to peace and so they all are, are linked and so i loved those two tips of yours Gigi. Mm -hmm. she got those were his favorite tips <laughs> how about that you guys you every time you hear the word now that's going to be in your head because it's Tenors. Tips. <laughs> that was perfect. You guys, what? First of all, Kate, I have to say thank you so much for joining your dad because that just made my day. Me too. You made my day too. I want you to meet my Bella too because I, I think the most important people in our kids' lives are their siblings and the people and all the people around them who surround them and love them and advocate for them every single day. So, Bella, get over here. Bella, over here. I've got a funny story too. Oh, good! I want to hear it. This is Bella. Hello. Hi. You can look at that camera. Right there. Hello. <laughs> She's behind the scenes. She's the makeup girl. So she was giving Gigi the Ariana Grande hair and all that kind of stuff. That was what was going on. Oh yeah. And so Max comes and goes from his mom's house to our house, and so Max. So Dad asked, "Hey Max, do you want to send?" You want to spend Christmas with mom and dad, with uh, Nicole and dad. And so, and Max was like, he was like, no. <laughs> and then, and then, Ma and then I, I was like, wait, wait, Max, do you want to spend Christmas with Billy and Kate? Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. John, you're out. <laughs> oh, thank was, you. I was like, hey, Max, do you want to spend Christmas with Nicole and dad? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so he just goes down and like yes is oh boy. Mickey Mouse. Bus chops with the best of them. That's right. Seems like it. Oh my god, I love, I love it. it. That's amazing. But well, sure we want to send you way. some. Uh, we'll be sending you some Generation G gear, Kate. Mm. Generation G. That's our Generation G girl. It's just put a heart sure. on your hand with a G in the inside of it. 
post it on social media. Mm -hmm. It's a conscious decision to be better every day. Be generous. Be kind. kind. Be accepting. Whoop, whoop. And Sorry. that's that's all. There it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> John C. McGinley is generous, <laughs> which we knew, which is exactly why we wanted to have you on the show, John. Yes. You. Oh yeah. We got a double McGinley. Gen Definitely. G. <laughs> I think Kate's a member of Generation G, too. Yep, that is awesome. I love it, girl. Awesome. Yes. I love it. Woo! Yes, that is the only way to be. And again, like what we were talking, kind of what you were talking about, it, it's a conscious decision to be better every day. Whether that just means you say thank you, you hold the door open, it's just human kindness. You don't got to donate a million dollars to somebody or carry somebody across the world. You just no, have to be nice. That. Yeah, you just be kind. You just hold the door. You say thank you. You smile. That's all it takes. Some people, some people like some of the doctors that I've, I've met during this, uh, I encourage them to be kind to themselves because they're working so hard. Absolutely. And pieces of themselves are, are just being extracted <laughs> every day because of how hard they're working. Yeah. Is that a lot of caregivers forget to be kind to themselves. Absolutely. And I don't mean the egregious, uh, egocentric kind of, no. you know, going to the spa for a month. I'm talking about tiny gestures that are, have to do with self-care. And you meet some of these amazing surgeons and doctors, and uh, they need to be encouraged to to exercise uh, self kindness. Self kindness. This was so awesome, John. I'm, I'm I feel so blessed that like our kids are here with us. This is the most. This is why God gave us this. You know, our platforms. Is, Mommy, is can I tell about the movie? Can I tell them? And to love. You want to tell them you love his movie? I like I like I like the movie. Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Yes. She's she, my favorite. I love that one too. We watched that one so many times. It's a great movie. It is really good. That one's hysterical. We just watched it again the other day. It's funny. Chuck is in the truck. Chuck, Chuck is in the truck. <laughs> I can imagine around the house all oh, yeah. the, the, the one-offs from all the And the raccoon in the roof. The raccoon? Yes. Yeah. And the big fish, like I know you and, like and bats too. The bats. And bats, yeah. Yes. She enjoyed that. We just so enjoyed this time <laughs> with you guys today. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your family and letting us meet Max and Kate. It was just, it truly was a blessing, and we just can't wait to share your message. Um, you're something extra. Mm. Your Generation G. Your kindness. Your love. And again, brother, brother, I thank you again for being mm. my support system without even knowing it when Gigi was born. You were there for me and never even knew you were there for me while you were on the set of Scrubs. So thank you for inspiring right. people. Thank you for continuing to do it. And we love you, brother. We love you, Kate. And we're going to send you um, some Gen G stuff. And Gigi's going to write something yeah. special to you. And we're going to send Kate some really fun stuff. And that's it for TV.